0: Hi friends, welcome to the Bible Project daily podcast. And the project is to work through the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, over the next five years. Now, we ended last time with, our, with the study that we're doing in Genesis chapter 39 in the story of, of uh, Joseph, Potiphar and Potiphar's wife. And if you remember that we ended last time with a very angry Potiphar throwing Joseph in jail he's angry not surprisingly of course because he believes that the man joseph that this young man that he entrusted and gave him authority in his his household and oversight of all that he owned uh, in fact responsibility to care for everything and that he feels he's been betrayed by him that he's actually attacked his wife and we are going to find out this time in the third of our three studies in this chapter about what the repercussions of these false accusations against joseph really are but before we do that i'd just like to quickly remind you or perhaps if you are new or arrived here for the first time that the transcripts of every one of these talks is always available in any audio version of the podcast. Podcast doesn't matter which platform you're receiving it on, which podcast provider, whether it's one of the big ones like Spotify or App, Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, any of that, or some of the smaller networks. The podcast itself is hosted on sprite.com And if you go into the nep- episode notes, page of whatever podcast you're listening on there should be a link through there not only to the transcript of what i've said but also various links to ways that you can connect to me or my ministry or my teaching if you happen to be watching this as a video version and i know there's a a very small percentage of you do access the teaching that way there should be a link in there as well through to the uh the audio version where you'll find the transcript notes Everything that I put in terms of my Bible teaching material, I put without copyright in the public domain, they're there for you to use in the preparation of your own study or just for your personal use or for sharing with anybody else. But one of the ways you can ensure this teaching reaches more people is to like, share, or even review. And I believe that way makes it much more likely that other people will find it. And then we'll be able to make the study the bible part of the rhythm of their daily lives as well but anyway that's it by way of introduction i'll see you at the end where i'll just update you on a a couple of things but other than that we'll drop right in now to the the main text itself see you again in a minute so We're picking up again in the closing section, the last few verses of this chapter 20. This is the third of three days that we spent in Genesis chapter 39. And if you remember, this is the point where, well, poor Joseph has just been thrown in jail. I'll just read to you verse 20 of chapter 39, where it says, Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in prison. So that's a bit of a bad result for Joseph, isn't it? He's managed through this difficult time, this challenging time, to keep hold of his morals. He hasn't succumbed. He hasn't slept with Potiphar's wife. He's honoured the Lord continually, yet he still has ended up in prison. Matter of fact, it actually says he's ended up in the king's prison. So what Bible experts tell me is that this means he hasn't just gone to any ordinary prison. He was in a, probably in a prison that was reserved for particularly difficult people or for political prisoners. And also those same Bible experts would say that this prison would apparently have been worse and have a stricter regime than if he'd just been put into an ordinary prison. Now, as a matter of fact his experience of what happens to him is mentioned later on in the bible in psalm 105 when david writes about that and he says he sent a man before them joseph who was sold as a slave and they hurt his feet with fetters he was laid in irons until the time that the word came to pass and the word of the lord tested him so Psalm 105 a few of the gaps for us, doesn't it? And tells us a little bit about what's been happening here. Namely, that he was under a harsh regime and he was being particularly tested through this time. Back to Genesis 39 and verse 21, where it tells us, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favour in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So even in prison, the Lord is with Joseph and the Lord is continuing to show him mercy and give him favour in the sight, this time, of the keeper of the prison. So here we go again. Joseph is still staying true to his word. He's honouring the Lord in the way he lives and the Lord continues to bless him. So even though he's got thrown in prison, still the blessings of God are being poured into his life and through this time even in this place joseph is able to find favor and he does that by finding mercy in the sight of the warden of the jail the person who's in charge of the prison the keeper of the prison as it's described in some of the translations so i'll just read the last two verses that close off this chapter because there it tells us and the keeper of the prison committed to joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. So again, even as a prisoner in prison, he's getting promoted. In fact, it implies to me he's probably been promoted several times during his time in prison. It happened to him, of course, in the home of Potiphar. And now he gets thrown into prison and he's getting promoted again. And he gets to have an authority over all the other prisoners. Now, again, the interesting phrase in verse 21 is it says, But the Lord was with him, and the keeper of the prison, the head warder of the prison, verse 23, did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. So, again, he's managed to win the total trust of the people. Who have power over him why well again because the Lord has been with him and he's remained obedient to the Lord and honorable in everything that he's done and because of that he again is prospering and those people around him are prospering so what we have here in very simple terms is the Lord being with Joseph and Joseph staying true to his obligations to honour the Lord in every way, particularly in the way he lives his life and in relation to other people. And because of that, the Lord still is able to continue to bless him even whilst he's in prison. Now, if you remember when we opened up this chapter three days ago, the study of chapter 39 of Genesis, I began by asking, what do you think is likely to happen in your life if you live a life that truly honors the Lord? Well, the answer to that, this passage is telling me, is that the Lord will bless us. And the Lord will honor us back, but that doesn't mean that we'll escape trouble because that's not what we're seeing here, is it? It doesn't mean that all our problems will be solved just because we're living an honorable life before the Lord. It doesn't mean because the Lord is blessing you mean you mightn't have problems or any problems that you have will be solved and go away. In fact, it's entirely possible for the blessings of God to be poured out into your life while at the same time you are going through very hard times. In fact, these two things often go together. They often go hand in hand at the same time. So let's try and pull this all together and think about what this chapter is really telling us. I believe at its most straightforward level, chapter 39 is simply reminding us That because Joseph honoured the Lord, that no matter what circumstances he was in, even when he was in prison, as a result of his faithfulness and his desire to live an honourable life before the Lord, that the Lord continued to find ways to bless him. And one of the great lessons for us, I believe, is if we do the same, then the Lord will honour and bless us. But friends, that doesn't mean there won't be trouble in our lives. So before I close, I'd like to make a couple of obligations, and one again is perhaps familiar to you now. You may be feeling a bit of a broken record with my teaching styles, but what I feel it's very important to do is put this story within the context of the book it is written in. We tend to read or we tend to study these Bible stories in isolation. That's bound to happen by nature because you don't tend to sit down and study a whole book at once it would take you two hours to read the book of genesis in its own right so we tend to break it into sections and look at each story in isolation but we should always remember that each and every story within the bible lies within the context of the book that is written in and sometimes within an even wider context than that one commentator i read said this about this particular part of the story of joseph and i quote This story about Joseph reverses a well-known plot in the patriarchal narrative, whereas before it was the beautiful wife of the patriarch who was sought by foreign rulers. Now it was Joseph, the handsome patriarch, who himself was sought by the wife of the foreign ruler. That's from Dr. Thomas Constable from 1970. So in other words, whereas in the earlier narrative, it was either the Lord or sometimes even the moral or ethical position of a foreign ruler that stepped in and rescued the wife Do you remember those stories earlier with Sarah and with Rebecca where they were disguised and hidden as the wives of Abraham and Isaac it was in those cases it was the foreign leader who in a sense was the one who was responsible for rescuing the wives rather than the patriarch himself but here we see it's Joseph, by his own moral courage, that in fact saves the day, not only for him, but for those around him. In the preceding narratives of the book of Genesis, the focus of the writer has been on, on God's faithfulness in fulfilling his covenant promises, in spite of the machinations of some of the early patriarchs. But in the story of Joseph, the writer's attention is turned to the human response of Joseph to he himself being tested. And these events, I believe, are intended, as they're described, they're intended to give a balance and a counterbalance to the narratives of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob that has preceded them. Together, the two sections show both God's faithfulness in spite of human failure, as well as the necessity also for us to always show obedience and a faithful response, no matter what the circumstances we're having to face. So yes, I do believe it's critical to see the story in the light of the whole book, particularly because it stands in the tremendous contrast to the previous similar stories whereby we saw the patriarch fall down. They were stories of moral failure, but here God has seemed to bless Joseph and bring his will to pass and four blessings into the life of Joseph because of his moral standing. When understood together both of these sides of the same coin if you like they show God's faithfulness on one side in spite of human failure and on another side as well as and because of Joseph's obedient and faithful response. But now let's look at the story in its own right. Each scene in the record of Joseph's life stands there to reveal some distinctive trait of character about this very special young man. But usually these character traits, these moral fortitudes, these moral strengths usually come out of a situation where he faced a personal crisis, sometimes a personal moral crisis. Joseph experiences God's blessing as he served faithfully in Potiphar's house, even when his master's wife repeatedly tried to seduce him. He refused her offer because he did not want to sin against God and he did not want to betray Potiphar's trust. So his moral character matured and strengthened through the difficulty and the temptations and the testings that he faced joseph continued to enjoy god's blessing even when he was wrongly imprisoned even when he was thrown in prison because of the false charges that she made against him so that's the story of joseph he's revealed as a man of great character someone who has proven personal integrity throughout the stories and the little glimpses of his life that we see through these individual chapters and we will see him develop into a prototype type of Christ as his character develops. He is a person who is living a life of personal integrity, and that helps promote his spiritual maturity. And we should learn from that and recognise that such times and such troubles, if we take victory over them, they prepare us and they make us more fully able to recognise and receive God's blessing in our own lives. The best things in life are never the easiest things to obtain. The best things in life are always the hardest things to obtain. The things that we have to work for the most. The things that we have to strive for. The things that we have to brave and face those dragons and those temptations and overcome them. This is a particularly pertinent message I believe for young men because young men are needed in the church and young men are needed to be brave and show fortitude, just like Joseph did. Just to think how graciously Joseph handled himself here amongst all these trials and hardships. Most of us, many of us would have crumbled and become bitter, I would imagine. But instead, his spirit does not become downhearted. He uh, develops strength, fortitude, He keeps trusting in the Lord and he becomes a better person because of it. He consistently refuses to be unfaithful to the principles and the moral ordinances that the Lord has given him. And he sticks to that, whatever the situation and importantly, whatever the potential negative consequences that he might face because of it or might arise out of it. So, what we've learned in this chapter, friends, is that Joseph honored the Lord. And as a result, the Lord honored him. And that's what we should do too. Now, that doesn't mean that he or we today won't have difficulties. It doesn't mean we won't face temptations. It just means that if we stick at it, if we stick to the journey and we stick living in a way that honors the Lord, then the Lord will bless us. The whole story of this chapter comes down to the principle that is stated for us in the very final verse genesis chapter 39 closes out its text with verse 33 which says because the lord was with him whatever he did the lord makes it prosper have you noticed that statement is made in the opening chapter the opening verse sorry and in the last verse of this chapter so that's the issue It isn't that we honour the Lord and the Lord blesses us, it's that no matter what happens, we honour the Lord and the Lord will bless us. And that is what's significant for us about this story. So we need to honour the Lord in everything we do. And we need to do it with an expectation that it doesn't mean that our problems and our challenges will go away, but we can have the expectation that no matter what happens, the Lord will be with us. Here's the key. This is what I want you to take away from this passage. Carry it in your heart every day, or even write it down and put it in your pocket. The Lord was with him. Now, there was a very famous, well, no, actually, the opposite of this. There was a very unfamous, a relatively unknown civil servant in America in the 1920s called Charles Evan Hughes. He served as a translator under two American presidents, under President Harding, Gilbert Harding I think it was, and then under Coolidge. Now he was called to attend a conference, a post World War I conference, and he was taken there as President Calvin Coolidge's assistant to run the team of interpreters that were with him. And he was responsible for creating the framework on which the interpreters would work. He told the interpreters that they were to give him a general summarized translation of whatever was spoken. Now he emphasized something and he said, while a summary translation is ample for our general purposes, I want to make sure that you catch and write down every word In the couple of sentences that follow on after the speaker says but because he went on to explain what always follows but is almost the most important part now that was true of those speeches in 1920 heard long ago but it's also true in this passage and it's true in our lives if we honor the Lord the Lord will honor us that's what it says But no matter what happens, but no matter what happens, the Lord will still be with us. Okay, friends, that's it for today. I hope you find that helpful. I'd like to remind you again that there's lots of access to not just the transcript, but other teaching resources. If you bob through to the episode notes page of any audio version of the podcast, where you'll find all the various places you can connect with me. The Facebook page, the YouTube channel, uh, also the actual podcast uh, host site itself, as well as my Patreon page, which is the place where I put uh, uh, links to my long form teaching, and also some discipleship courses I'm going to be putting on there from around about September. So uh, for instance, the first one, if you've ever thought about learning or maybe developing a gift of preaching or teaching that you feel you might have. I'm going to be putting on a series of talks about how to prepare expository sermons which I hope you'll find helpful and there's also links there to other teaching that I've given not only in churches when I'm asked to speak in churches if they're recorded I stick them on there but also talks I've given in secular environment environments and they're only made available exclusively on my Patreon website. I'm particularly appreciative to every single one of you, patron or not, every one of you who just has made the decision to go on this journey with me. It is such an encouragement, such a motivator to me to know that there are thousands and thousands of you out there who have decided to make the study of the Bible part of your everyday life. And I particularly want to say thank you for those of you who have made a decision to pray for me and this ministry because it is a challenge it's a wonderful challenge but I pray that I will be able to rise to it and meet the demands of preparing 20 to 25 minutes of teaching material nearly every day of the week. But anyway that's it for today I really hope you've enjoyed having the rhythm of the Bible in your life today and every day from here on forward. And I hope to see you back here. It'll be tomorrow for me, but whatever day you happen to get that little pop-up reminder that tells you to do it. I do hope to see you again soon as we join together in the Bible Project Daily Podcast.